0: Hello, I'm Tony Davitt, and you're very welcome along to the third episode of The Bridge, a Cisco and Exertus podcast. I'm the head of technical strategy for Cisco Ireland and Scotland, and I'll be your host for these podcasts. Over the course of this series, we've been exploring a variety of themes that represent some of our key strategic pillars, and look at how these impact our customers and the wider business world. And you've heard from a wide range of guests who've shared their expert knowledge and their insights as to how technology represents a bridge to the future of business and beyond. Each month, we've hosted a panel discussion on the topic in hand, and then we wrap it up with a final segment, Technology Bytes, featuring another guest who can offer deeper technical analysis for us on the challenges and innovations that our team represents. In the last two podcasts, we've discussed areas such as end-to-end security and the future of work. And in future episodes, we will focus on creating secure, agile networks, the future of the internet and the capabilities moving to the edge. But our episode today tackles optimising application experience. It's an area that has traditionally been a key consideration in certain business sectors, but increasingly is becoming critical to all. How can companies optimize their applications for their operations, but more importantly, for their customers? To answer some of these questions, we've brought together a fantastic panel for you today, and I'm delighted now to introduce them. Zirk Belsma, or TJ, is Principal Architect and CTO of the Cloud and Architecture team in Cisco EMEAR. As CTO for Cisco's cloud offerings in the architecture team, TJ is focused on evangelizing Cisco technology vision and strategy to executives, architects, and engineers. In his role, TJ is specifically focused on integrating the different architectural components that deliver the cloud experience to customers. Also joining us is Ed Smith, who is a senior APM lead in Verizon Connect. You're both very welcome along today. We have a lot to get through, so let's dive right into our first topic. So to kick things off, TJ, this topic is of critical importance to many businesses today and how we connect, secure, and observe applications in a hybrid multi-cloud world. So for our listeners who may not be as familiar with much of this terminology, such as full-stack observability, cloud-native platform, and application security, can you spend just maybe a few minutes introducing some of these key ideas and terms to us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. uh, Absolutely, Tony. And... um if we think about the the modern way to develop applications right they are they're being distributed you, you write applications in containers they run on kubernetes they are distributed across clouds maybe one cloud maybe multiple clouds maybe your own private data center and how do we now ensure that the experience that end users have with this application how do we ensure that that's delivered because we tend to talk about cloud a lot. It's a very easy conversation to have. We seem to be missing one specific key performance indicator, and that's experience. It's great to move to cloud. How do we make sure that it's it's better for the consumer, the user of the application? And that's what we're focusing on uh, with, with full stack observability to say, I want to be able to monitor the application, the experience people have with the application. I want to be able to monitor the underlying infrastructure that's supporting the application. But I also want to monitor the network, the connectivity, from where the user sits to the application. And it's, um, it's the combination of all three that delivers you the ability to
0: have insights into the full stack. Thanks for that, TJ. Uh, Ed, uh, thanks, first of all, for coming on the podcast. We'd love to hear uh, from you about your work and what Verizon Connect do and the importance of applications to your business.
2: Hi, Tony. Um, Great to be here. Um, Verizon Connect are one of the world's largest telematics providers. We provide GPS tracking and work solutions for vehicle fleets and assets across multiple geographies. We provide services that help everyone from small to enterprise level customers, And there's so many services providing this to our customers that it's vitally important to know what everything is doing in real time to identify bottlenecks quickly, to get the right information to the right teams. Now, our different SaaS-based solutions process billions of data points every single day and in an incredibly complex infrastructure. And it's my responsibility to ensure any needles in that haystack are visible. We know where they are we know where they came from and that we are able to mitigate against any of our customers jumping into that haystack and coming across a needle in their path. Now, we do this by deploying monitoring solutions with all of our applications and infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera, to give us that end-to-end visibility. So we sift through the metrics and we find the important ones for any given situation, and then we present that data back to the teams that can actually use them. Um, Our primary monitoring platform would be AppDynamics to achieve that.
0: TJ, just uh, it's it. IT is really good at coming up with new names for things that we were already doing. So, is observability really new, or is this just a revamp of network monitoring?
1: Yeah, I like what you said there, because <laughs> um, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. Coming up with new names. Um, that said, it, it's we've been doing monitoring as an industry. We've been doing monitoring for an extremely long time. Right there's there's nothing new in monitoring. The difference between monitoring and observability is the way you do baselining. In observability, we want to leverage artificial intelligence to do dynamic baselining of events, trying to set a threshold to determine when something is good or bad, and trying to do that for what Ed just said, the thousands and thousands of of data points that you might be looking for, trying to set that up manually, That doesn't work in the scale of which these new applications are being deployed and the the amount of sensor data there is. You want that to be dynamic, and you want artificial intelligence to support figuring that out. And that's the difference between observability and, and monitoring.
0: Ed, uh, similar question to you. I know you, you mentioned already that you're a user of AppDynamics uh, with Inverize and Connect. Um, from your own implementation, how does it actually enhance the application experience above and beyond, say, network monitoring that we've just been talking about there? Mm-hmm. Well, when I started my career 20 odd years ago, I was a sysadmin for a telco.
2: There were a few monitoring solutions available back then, but there were nightmare to configure could only report on certain metrics and often actually caused performance issues themselves causing a, a heisenberg effect if you want across the infrastructure not the breaking bad one the theoretical physicist one so the very act of measurement or observation sometimes directly affected the metric you were trying to find so coupled with that we also we often also had to use a lot of different monitoring solutions for different things, like one for server infrastructure, one for each database type, one for each application, et cetera, et cetera. And these couldn't correlate. So support teams had to have several different tools in front of them to try and guess if one event in one solution might have caused another event in the other. And I kind of liken it to a painting in the Louvre called The Wedding at Cana. Now, this is a massive canvas depicting a huge number of people enjoying a feast surrounded by beautiful classical architecture. If you've ever seen it, there's a lot going on in it and your eyes are drawn everywhere. You don't know where to start. It is uh, it is beautiful, but it's absolutely a bit of a mess. So then you stand there in that museum and then you look over to your right and you see the Mona Lisa. So as soon as you do that, your eyes are immediately drawn to her eyes. That's what's needed in a monitoring solution. You want your support teams to be drawn to an issue's eyes you don't want them wasting time trying to debate why she has no eyebrows, you know, things like that. Now, thankfully, since way back then, monitoring solutions have evolved considerably. And APM has taken a lot more seriously as a function in IT as well. Listening to your last podcast episode on IT security, Tony, I empathized with your two speakers on both the challenges in those areas being taken more seriously over the years and the specialized nature of the work resulting in a lack of engineers in those spaces. APM and IT security have a a lot more in common than people realize. So as an aside, and I may be a little biased here, but for any engineers out there looking for a new challenge, I can wholeheartedly recommend the APM slash SRE or whatever kind of uh, description this role is these days, I get to dive into truly massive data sets to find solutions to issues or trends that differ every single day, helping so many different individual teams as a shared service to focus on what they're good at instead of wasting time digging through data. And another thing about it is I get to learn so many new technologies, entire infrastructures and data flows that, architect, that architects design, except I'm looking at it from the coal face. I can see what works, what doesn't in real life, and there's no better way to, to really learn a technology, to be honest. I get to learn subjects as varied as psychology and UX design for when I need to produce meaningful dashboards for different teams to suit different needs. There's just so many ancillary aspects to this role that it really is a joy, a challenging one, yes, but an absolute joy to be part of. We're effectively conduits, bringing the right data to the right people. We're getting back to the subject though companies can recognize that performance needs to be built into the very fabric of product, thanks to the visibility that APM now provides. It needs to be on the mind of every single developer out there because with agile company structures, it will be the same developer that has to operationally support their own code at 3 a.m. And with modern monitoring solutions, They know that they can't deploy badly performing code, even if it does pass functional requirements. These days, we can actually see the line of code that's causing a performance issue, and it will show up red in an operation screen. Not only that, we will also know the up and downstream effects of that or any other kind of issue. So using AppDynamics for a long time, I personally think that it's that correlation that is the most important feature to have in a monitoring solution. And AppDynamics does that quite well. So how does it enhance application experience well number one it brings down your mean time to resolution and as a result brings up your nps score so the faster an issue is identified the detailed context of that issue sent to the right team to fix the less likely a customer will experience frustration and as everybody knows a frustrated customer is just an ex-customer that hasn't taken action yet number two it helps you find performance issues or trends quickly So if a a service works that's not really good enough anymore everything can be faster everything can be improved everything can be tuned to its own individual purpose making performance better is not a sprint or a marathon it's a daily habit with absolutely no finish line so deployment of new code in the past might have been what every month every three months in the case of monolith every two weeks for a sprint but we regularly see small ones, multiple small ones per day, thanks to the uh, adoption of lean methodologies. So even one could push a performance threshold the wrong way. This, if anything, has increased the importance of end-to-end visibility, dynamic thresholding in particular, and defined KPIs for services being closely monitored and alerted on properly. And number three, my favorite, it fosters a culture of improvement now. The first time a developer sees their code visualized in a monitoring solution is always fun. Some may initially see it as an affront to their coding prowess, but when they see the real world effect of a single line of code like that, visually, they usually see it as a challenge to be met. They can see what parts need to be improved. They can measure that progress themselves with the wealth of metrics available. They can see the effect on ups, up and downstream services their code has. It gives them a holistic view. Of their part in the larger infrastructure and while yes there are times when you're identifying badly performing code but similarly there are other times you're identifying vastly improved code and you can recognize those teams for the hard work achieving that with cold hard data and i've seen it actually gamifying application performance for teams as a result it's the same as people wearing fitness trackers they have the data relevant to them they can see trends for each aspect of their own performance and they can at a glance see where they need to improve. And that's what makes self-improvement easier when relevant data is per- presented correctly.
0: Great. Thanks, Ed. Touch on a number of points there, and security is definitely one, and we'll come back to that in a few moments, actually. Um, and yeah, we did have a great discussion around careers in security, and obviously, it seems the same in application performance management. So uh, to any uh, budding engineers out there, uh, great opportunities within uh, performance management and uh, observability. Um, one actually I had a, had a slight aside actually I heard a great comment the other day I was talking to somebody and uh, we've always talked in sort of monitoring uh, circles around sort of a single pane of glass but the uh, the phrase I heard the other day was a single pane of stained glass which I thought was an interesting uh, sort of uh, uh, concept if you like or slight uh, nuance on the old uh, statement which actually in my head makes an awful lot of sense isn't that if you, you try sort of that single pane of glass you won't really do it but if you knew as you said get lots of uh, information in from lots of different areas and then join those up together Better, and then to show how we can actually get that full stack observability. And maybe on that point, TJ, I might just come to you uh, before we move on um, and uh, maybe just talk about for a few seconds around what uh, Cisco are specifically doing in this area. Like we've mentioned App AppDynamics, um, but that's only one uh, bow, if you like, uh, or, or one arrow, I should say. Um, so maybe TJ, if you want to just maybe expand on that a little bit, please.
1: Yes, and I think Ed did a really, really great description on, on all the things that you can do with App Dynamics. But what we've come to realize is that that's still the application perspective only. And how do we deliver similar functionality, but now enrich it with the context of the underlying infrastructure that runs the applications, the CPU, the memory? How do we enrich it with observability of metrics around the connectivity from where the user sits to the application? And how can we bring them together in a correlated fashion, again, with this dynamic baselining, to say, look, the application experience might be impacted, but it's not because the application code suddenly is bad or suddenly is wrong. It's because there's an underlying issue with not enough memory, not enough CPU, or maybe there is a the path from the user to the application suddenly changed in, due to the underlying service provider routing traffic in a different path. Right? Suddenly, the latency doubled from A to B. Having that correlation to say, look, my application is performing a little bit less than it should, and it might be impacting the user's experience. Um, but it's not because the app changed. It's not because the underlying infrastructure resources aren't enough. It is because something changed in the service provider world having that visibility dynamically in real time right is extremely valuable to to have and that's what we're that's what why we're expanding what we're doing with just apm right to enrich it with infrastructure and network related knowledge
0: Thanks, TJ. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to stick with you for a moment, TJ, because it's it's probably a little bit of overlap here. But you actually said to me before with the podcast, "If applications are the business, then experience is the currency." Um, it's a nice soundbite, but what does it mean, and uh, how does that relate to what op- operational teams can do?
1: Yeah, it is a nice soundbite. bite. It, it's, um, but what it means is is. Um... We tend to forget, and we, we briefly touched this, right? But we tend to forget that experience is, is is in the end what matters. We we have metrics, we look at performance, we look at telemetry, but all of that translates down to experience. And if people have a bad experience, they'll leave, right? It, it's the, the easiest thing for people to, to do is leave a website, leave a service, go somewhere else, and that impacts actual business results. So. Figuring out a way to track experience in, uh, as a, if you're a company that offers a service out to consumers, right? Tracking their experience matters because that's what's going to pay your bill. Good experience translates into sales. A bad experience is, as Ed mentioned, right? They haven't left yet, right? They might have a bad experience, but they've forgotten to leave yet, but they will. That's that's the key thing here.
0: Great. Um, thanks, DJ. Um, I think we might we might come back to um, security um, uh, for a few moments. Um, I know Ed, you alluded to it earlier on there in terms of uh, being very much part of this. Um, but w- During the holiday period, a lot of operations team uh, have been very busy with the fallout of uh, Log4j vulnerability. How does that relate back to the application experience? And maybe I'll come to you, uh, TJ, first, and then Ed, if you want to jump in after that. Maybe with some of your own experiences around security as well.
1: Yeah, I don't envy the operations teams that had to deal with Log4j and the fallout of that during the holiday break. Right, I'm sure many of them worked uh, worked really hard to to patch that. to me, one of the things, one of the benefits that you that you get from um, from leveraging a um, a solution like full stack observability is that it's delivered as a SaaS platform. And if you have a SaaS platform, um, you can still be impacted by Log4j. Don't get me wrong, but it's now no longer your problem. You can spend Christmas at home because it's the the SaaS vendor's problem to solve. Right? They need to fix their Log4j issues. And so that's one benefit of leveraging tools, leveraging monitoring tools that are delivered to you as a service. It takes away the management of the management tools. But the other part, and this is a, a, a capability that we've added into AppDynamics, is to bring in real-time application level security and looking at security vulnerabilities and tracking those. And dynamically being able to um, to respond to, um, to vulnerabilities. So you could, like, right, once log4j was um, was discovered, was was um, how do I say this? Was shared with the market to say, look, there's there's vulnerability here, it needs to be patched. You could have your systems automatically black hole, right? If you think it's critical enough that you want to take your systems offline, you can automatically black hole those. Giving you time to patch and then bring them up again, that's capabilities that we've built into the AppDynamics platform to make it to make it a real-time
0: security platform natively into the code of the application. Great, thanks, Jay. Ed, um, I don't know whether there's anything else you want to add there with regards to uh, security and how it applies to um, observability and full-stack observability.
2: Uh Well. security is, um, vastly important these days. Uh, I think it's, if anything, it's, it's becoming the most important aspect of, of any company's, uh, IT strategy. And it's nice to see that, um, similar for, for performance, uh, management and stuff like that. It's, it's nice to see it's taken a hell of a lot more seriously, um, now, I saw I saw firsthand the uh, the hard work that a lot of engineers did over the holidays, and uh, yeah, it was it was slightly compounded by the uh, the different releases and the different fu- uh, subsequent uh, vulnerabilities that were that were found. But um, but yeah, the um, the security and the performance management you know, they kind of work together as well. Um, I mean, we could we could identify quite a lot of our uh, our servers and instances that are that were affected um we could monitor them in the monitoring solution and uh yeah it it certainly did help and the two of the two strains there the apm and it security work very well together
0: um, yeah so listen I'll, I'll, I, I that, that's probably coming to the close of the conversation um in terms of specific questions I had maybe I'll just open it up to yourself TJ maybe just for some comments and add to if there's anything else that you would like to add um and if there's any thoughts on uh, what may uh, what way this area will go in the future as well TJ spare uh, to you first
1: so I think this this is not a Short-term thing, right? This performance, security, applications being more distributed. Um, it's going to stay. It's going to get. It's going to get worse. If you're in operations, you're going to have to deal with this, right? It, it it gets better for the end user, a lot better, but operationally it gets more challenging and. What you're going to see is that the solutions out there to deal with performance, to deal with experience, to do dynamic monitoring, to embed security natively into the applications, those are going to accelerate. And any solution that's out there today, um, we spoke about full stack observability, right? We we spoke about the, the application, the infrastructure, and the network integrating those with context, right? You're just going to see that that gets enriched. That gets um, gets stronger, gets more integration. Um, there's this whole concept of open telemetry that that's coming to the market. That's going to enrich a lot of things as well. So I'm really excited about this this domain and it's it's the opportunities that that come from this. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next 12 months on, um, on on where where the industry is is going to be taking this.
0: It, it's an exciting time. Thanks, DJ. I don't know, Ed, if you have any final comments
2: yeah um, the future of this this whole uh, monitoring kind of part of i t, it is very, very exciting. the The inclusion of of AI to be able to help systems self-diagnose and uh, and fix themselves that's that's wildly exciting to think about in the future. I mean, we will be taking, we'll be using AI to take uh, the burden away from a lot of different operational teams. Um, if something is is can kind of self di- di- diagnose with uh, with accuracy and um, you know uh, all by itself, that is
0: that is a fascinating thing to think of. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the future of this. Yeah, the holy grail. Um, when there's a problem, it fixes itself. Um, oh, but then if again, only. If, only, if only. We'll be all out of jobs, as is usually the first comment on that. But no, it's not. That's not the case. I think that allows us then to focus on the, actually the good stuff, basically. Yeah, so, on the yeah. tools to produce that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's it for our panel discussion today. Ed and TJ, thank you both so much for your insights and knowledge on optimising the application experience. You can find out how to keep up with both Ed's and TJ's work in our show notes. And while you're there, why not like and subscribe to the series too? As always, at this point in the show, it's time for Technology Bytes, where we'll be getting a deep dive into our topic from a technical perspective. Joining me today is Roger Dickinson. Roger, we've heard from TJ and Ed there around some of the challenges in a hybrid cloud environment and managing applications. From your perspective, why is FSO so important today?
3: Yeah, so Tony, TJ mentioned um, the change in applications. So applications are have moved or are moving to uh, microservices, which means they're typically containerized, and they can be distributed so your application could be sitting in a single cloud it could be part of the application could be sitting on premise in a data center part could be using a third-party api so what this means is there's a huge amount of complexity now there's and we, we kind of refer to this complexity as the digital supply chain that makes that digital supply chain there's so many moving parts and that actually makes up what the user experience is, which TJ was talking about earlier. So let's think about what what makes up in detail that digital supply chain to deliver the application, or more importantly, application experience. So if you just think of uh, an application, you've got the application code, and that's packaged and sits inside a container. And that container is a pod sitting on a Kubernetes cluster. And there could also be a, a service mesh there, something like Istio. And that kubernetes cluster is sitting on virtual machines it could be an ins- a cloud instance it could be a bare metal server and there are there's a software-defined network there are physical switches and routers and there are even cables connecting these things together and that application to talk to another part of the application has to drop down that full stack so this is where we start talking about full stack observability this is a stack uh, that the applications communicate through and are delivered upon. So I've got my one part of my application there, drops through that stack, it's gonna to talk to another part of the application, it's gotta go across a network. That could be your data center network, It could be your wide area uh, uh, network, it could be a service provider, an internet provider uh, network, or the cloud provider's network. So you own some of those and you don't own some of those networked. And then when it hits the other part of the application, it's gotta go up through a similar stack again. Now, that's a huge amount of complexity. And there's so many moving parts, and these different moving parts are actually uh, managed by different teams, your own teams, and different vendors as well. So your application experience is only as good as the weakest part of that digital supply chain. And one part of that goes wrong, then your application experience, your user experience is degraded. So that's why full stack observability is so important now because we have to get insights into all of those different moving parts, all those different layers and abstractions of that stack in order to ensure that fantastic user experience.
0: Okay, so full stack observability gives us that full observability across that whole, all those different layers within the actual stack. So how do we instrument um, those different layers?
3: Yeah, so there's a number of different ways, and the TJ alluded to this from a Cisco perspective. We've we've got um, a number of different solutions which are specifically address different layers of that stack. Uh, the power is when they all come together. So there's the there's the saying: the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, and that's that's true when it comes to full stack um, observability. So to give you an example, so the previously um, we we're talking about app. Dynamics. So app dynamics is application performance monitoring. So the way we instrument the application is we use agents. So there's agents in the code, in the application code itself. We can put agents in, uh, say, the Kubernetes cluster. There's a cluster agent. We can put agents in the hosts, which are upon which the Kubernetes cluster is running, and those agents will correlate that. Um, Application uh, performance together and reduce and, and remove noise because there's a lot of noise going on as well. So you want to you want to get the visibility into the stuff that's important from uh, uh, your application performance. Now we can link that to we baseline it. TJ mentioned this. So we know we baseline application performance, so we know what is good. So as soon as there's a deviation away from our baseline application performance, then we can alert and then we can take action. Against that, but because we have instrumented all the different components of our application there, we can very quickly get to a root cause. You know, was the problem we rolled out a new code change overnight, a new version, and then we can very quickly see, okay, this is where our problem is from an application perspective. Now, another vector that we can look at is security. So within applica- within that uh, app D, we can also use that same architecture, those same agents to investigate and give insights into our security posture. So we can look at what is our exposure? Where where are we at risk? Or is there um, some malicious activity going on which is causing a degradation in that uh, user experience? So we can use the same framework to monitor application and also to uh, look at our uh, security posture. And this is very important, not only just in production, but also when you shift left, and in the development um, uh, pipeline, because you can start doing things like scoring your application. So when a developer releases a new version of the app or new version of the code, you can score the application to, you know how, how much exposure does it give me? And we spoke about log, uh, log4j stuff before. You, know, can, you can capture these kinds of incidents or, or, or maybe poor application design or vulnerabilities before it goes into production. So that's, that's the app dpigs. So then as you move down to the infrastructure layer, we've got InterSight workload optimizer. So this is agentless. So with Iwo, what it does is it talks into the API of your cloud provider, or, or maybe into uh, vCenter, and it's looking at your instances, your virtual machines, your Kubernetes clusters. And it works on a supply and demand uh, model. So it's looking at what resources you know, CPU, RAM, storage. Do I need to deliver this application experience? So it optimizes the application um, performance, but at the same time, it's optimizing your cost. So we're saying, what? Well, what's the opt- How do I reach my my best application experience without over provisioning and optimizing my my cost models as well? And we know that, particularly in public cloud, controlling cost is is um, of uh, you know, really important. So you got you get this balancing act to deliver the best application experience at the best price point for me as a business. And then when you move down another layer into the, the networking layer, we come into Thousand Eyes. So Thousand again is an agent-based solution. Now these agents could be on your desktop, it could be on your Mac, or on your PC. Uh, these agents could be sitting on a switch or a router or a virtual machine or container around your organization, or you could be using cloud agents. And these are cloud agents which are already deployed around clouds, uh, service providers, all across the globe. So you've, you've got access to all of these agents that can now start running tests for you. And that could be just a simple uh, latency test, you know, a ping between two points. But we can get much more granular than that with Thousand Eyes. With Thousand Eyes I can actually do things like synthetic transactions, so I can mimic a user logging onto your system, performing a transaction, buying something, checking out, for example. And we baseline that, and we have this waterfall so we know what good looks like and how long each transaction uh, uh, should take. Then we can do things like path visualisation. So I know, and think of this as a power of a network team. I know from the user, wherever they are on the planet, come into my application, I know exactly the path they're taking what networks, what providers, what CDNs they're using to actually um, uh, connect to my application and my service. But equally, I know when there's an issue. I know when there's a failure of that path. And again, that gives me the op- option to actually take action. And, and to give you an example, we, there was, a, there was a, one of the big cloud providers had a, an outage a, a while back, and it was down to one of their content distribution providers, and they were using three, they had their own, they had, I think they were using Fastly and they were they, uh, using Akamai. Now, we could see using ThousandEyes which CDN had failed, but the actual cloud provider didn't know which CDN had failed. So they switched off the two third-party providers and were just using their own, which had a massive impact on their availability to deliver their cloud services. Whereas ThousandEyes, we were immediately able to see not only which was the CDN which was failing, but which part of that provider CDN was failing. And you, you just imagine now—you get that kind of visibility. You can reduce your downtime or your degraded service from um, you know hours down to minutes. And that, again, when you link that back to business and business impact, that's incredibly uh, important. So you've got those three solutions from Cisco. There's more coming, by the way. So we're, we're expanding uh, this portfolio. We can also integrate into third parties. So like things like open um, open source solutions, like open telemetry can, w- will be coming into uh, AppDynamic. We, we bring all of these together and this goes back to what I said before, it's the power of bringing these together. We have this correlated view, we remove the noise, and then, um, we get insights across that full stack. So very long answer, but
0: hopefully that. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Very comprehensive, and sounds like a lot of work being done there, and lots of information, which leads me on to my last question. Actually, just around the different parts of an organization, whether it be DevOps you mentioned earlier on, or SecOps, or even the actual business itself, how do the different teams within an organization leverage full stack observability?
3: Yeah, so uh, good, great question. The so today, a lot of individual teams will be using their own tool sets to monitor their own responsibilities, you know, their own abstractions which they're, they're looking at. So what we, can, what we can do with full stack observability, you can give, um, now you've got this correlated view across the whole stack, you can give different teams individual, different views of what, what they care about, but also you can give them uh, like a synopsis or a summary view of the network. So if you think if you're a DevOps team, an SRE team, um, you get a view of the network performance for your application, wherever your, your users are. You don't have to go down into all the granular detail of like BGP path uh, visualization, but you, you, can, you can see my, the network is good. So you move away from, uh, oh, it's a network issue and the network team having to prove that it's not a network issue before you start looking at the next uh, location. The same with network uh, infrastructure teams, they get their bespoke uh, view of their infrastructure elements and and the wider stack and even business level views. As we said, D, you can link this whole full stack observability to customer journeys and business transactions, how much it's costing me to run my business, how much is it costing me if there's an issue or or, a poor user experience in my business. So we we get a very uh, high level or granular view of all these different um, uh, abstractions which we can carve up and it can be delivered through an AppD top-level dashboard, or we can integrate into third parties, like uh, service ServiceNow.
0: That's great. Thanks very much, Roger. And uh, again, thanks very much for joining the podcast. It sounds like this area is only going to continue to grow, both technically and in business importance. So that's a wrap on episode three of The Bridge. Make sure to subscribe now to be notified of new episodes. And if you've not heard them yet, why not listen back to episodes one and two? We'll be back next month with another great lineup for you. We hope you'll join us.